Hey everyone, I'm Ben Belak of the agency here in Beverly Hills. This is to live and buy in Los Angeles. This is our second episode. Today, we are going to go over some year-over-year numbers as we look back at how 2022 fared against 2021 in the pedigreed markets of Los Angeles. And then because of the time of year, we're going to talk about resolutions and give you kind of a final tip on what we think will help you moving into this year as the successful Titans we find ourselves as. And speaking of Titans, I have a special co-host today, former president of the United States, and now currently campaigning to be the president of the Beverly Hills City Council, I give you Donald Trump. That's absolutely not true. It's a fact that this is the worst podcast I've ever been on. You're a nasty person, and I want to continue by myself. Thank you for coming. <laughs> I like the continuing by myself idea. I don't know. Welcome back. Are you excited? Uh, yeah. Um, I'm happy to be here with you for the second episode. I didn't know we were gone for so long, but... We haven't seen each other since last year. Don't you love saying that after the new year? Yes. Yeah. I do love it. See you next year, buddy. See you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so as is, this is a Los Angeles-based show. We are real estate agents, and while most of our opinions are relevant to Los Angeles, they certainly do extrapolate to the rest of the U.S. most of the time. Um, That said, being that we are around the end of the year, and it is time for a 2023 outlook, we do have the numbers from some of the most pedigreed, and I guess well-represented neighborhoods in the markets we sell, which is Los Feliz to Malibu. I think that a lot of people in the trenches, I start to sound like trying a to lot of people. A lot of you <laughs> in the trenches are waiting for some presumed crash. They think it's a bubble. Um, I've had many buyers tell us like, okay, we want you to represent us because they're trying to get cute with working with the listing agent. And they're like, where do you think we should start? Elbow, elbow, nudge, nudge. And I'm like, I don't know the asking price. I mean, it seems right to me and there's no other houses on the market. So I'm going to go over a couple stats that I'd love to get your take on. This is still, we're still in the Abbey here, your conversations <laughs> in the Abbey. All right, so let's do some year-over-year numbers. Oh. 20, oh. 20, <laughs> 2022 versus 2021. This guy loves to dish out a good number. City of Beverly Hills, new listings down 16% year-over-year. Year. Pending listings, meaning... Under contract, down 34%. Sold listings, City of Beverly Hills, 22 to 2021, down 34%. But do you think the average sales price was down or up? I think you're going to be surprised to see the average sales price in Beverly Hills as being up. You are correct. Nailed it! The, that guy with the blonde hair and the, the weird shirt. The the price, the average sales price is up almost 8%, despite new listings down, under contract down, sold down. But 
Maybe this is just <clears throat> Beverly Hills. It's a global brand, after all. Everyone knows it. They love it. It's not subject to ULA, which we'll talk about in another episode. I know Zach wants to give it all. Oh, I can't wait to talk about ULA. Okay, so let's go to the Sunset Strip behind the scenes known as Area 3 to real estate agents. Can you remove that disgusting, <laughs> ugly bottle from our set? I got it from... Uh... My brother. I don't care where the army and mm-hmm. uh, it's great. Looks looks camouflage. Just seriously, get it off the table. Okay, it's from Whole Foods. Okay, here we go. Year over year, Sunset Strip new listings down almost twenty one percent. Twenty one percent. Yes, pending escrows down thirty five percent. Sold listings down from five hundred forty three in twenty twenty one to three hundred seventy six in twenty twenty two. Keep in mind. 2022 the height was i mean we were it, we still were at the height of this of this bull run in march still down 30% average sales price up or down what do you think i think it's still going to be up it's up a little bit half a point so flat moving so, so I'm right yeah yeah still okay, right okay, still continue. right you two for two moving on to santa monica right when the new yorkers want to move to los angeles they call and they go you know i would love I would love to live in the flats of Beverly Hills, but I want a view, which I'm like, hello, you have to go up if you want a view. Or I I think I want to live in Santa Monica. And I'm like, you know, in LA, everything's a commute. Wouldn't you want to live in Santa Monica if you came from New York? Why are you coming to California? Live by the beach. No, I know. You visit the beach. You live near where you work in Los Angeles. You visit the beach. I still want to live by the beach. Okay. Copy that. So- Santa Monica, down new listings, 31%. Under contract, down 44%. Sold, down 37%. Average sales price, what do you think, up or down? I think it's still going to be up, especially in a city like Santa Monica. It's up by 6%. You're welcome. Only a couple more here. Hancock Park. Big down, city. Big new, city. New listings down. That was the original Beverly Hills. Down 27%. Pending down 35%. Sold down 30%. Average sales price up or down? It's still up in Hancock Park. It's up 8%. Can Blair, can you help silence that animal, please? Thank you. Brentwood, wh- where? She's fine. She's just. Tell people who. Famous murder house in Brentwood, just for the people that don't know. Famous murder house in Brentwood would be Renthal James. I forget his last name. Simpson. Simpson. North Rockingham. New listings down 32%. Under contract down 40%. Sold 34%. Pricing up or down? Well, I'm going to say, uh, call it a little differently. Just Brentwood is so much bigger than these other cities. Some are incorporated like Santa Monica, Beverly Hills. I'm going to say, not just because of that murder, but if you look at where the murder took place on North Rockingham, that's probably up. If you look at where, no, sorry, where he ended up, or not the killer, OJ, ended up on North Rockingham, Those are that's up. Where she was murdered on Bundy, townhouse, that's south of Sunset, that's down. So I would say Brentwood has, is since it's so vast, the numbers there will be slightly lower. Up or down? Down. Do you, okay, you're right. It is down. I it's feel down. like you're looking at the answers. Did I got him ahead him of the time. <laughs> Okay, last one. <laughs> I Pac- would have set up for everything. Okay, so last one. Pacific Palisades, which is <clears throat> was kind of like a little no man's landy in between Beverly Hills, Brentwood, and and Malibu, um, became 
newly re rejuvenated since Rick Caruso, who was a mayoral candidate in Los Angeles and a and a well known commercial developer who built the Grove. For those of you that have visited Los Angeles. Um, he rejuvenated the village in the middle and it's become like extremely, extremely valuable to live there. Yet he didn't get elected mayor, but that's okay. It's neither here nor there. Yeah, those things aren't related. So new listings down 32%, pending 44%, down, sold down 41%. How about sales price? What do you think? I think it's indicative of those numbers because they are so high, because sales volume is lower, there's less inventory, prices are higher. Pricing is up 17% from 21 to 2022. Wow. That's that's uh, so a few, th- that's interesting. So, okay. I think before we transition to the next section of today's episode, what do you tell consumers? First, let's start off with what do you tell buyers and try to say it in the shortest way possible. I, I don't need like a long dissertation laced in ADD. Like just what are you telling a buyer right now based on this information? There's a watch. I'm like, <laughs> How long do you think I'm going to go here? I think what I tell people is is the market is just in, in transition. Inventory is going to continue to stay down. Mortgage rates are going to continue to be higher. Depends what happens with the rest of the economy, but I see this as an advantage for buyers. That was enough. That was crazy. You couldn't do anything a year ago. It's actually normalizing. It's actually getting exciting. So for buyers, is it uh, for the buyers right now that are waiting for some sort of price crash? This information tells you what. Well, I'm not just basing it on this, but I don't think there's I, – I think there's too many other factors to to uh, fend off a crash. I don't see a crash. I see a decrease in prices, but with low inventory continuing, that is not going to change drastically enough to see a crash. Okay. So what are you telling sellers? Uh, I'm telling sellers to sell because I need to make a living. You're saying being <laughs> – <laughs> I think there's opportunities everywhere. And I think if you can sell for a solid price and you need to sell, or you have a desire to sell and you don't just want to sit back and wait for the market to change, then you sell and you get the best price you can. And if you don't get that price, then sit on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pull it off. Don't sell. Okay. But don't wait. Don't sit there and lose precious years of your life thinking you're going to time something. Okay, fair enough. So I think you're you're kind of in the same place that I am, which is um, I feel that for buyers that are waiting for prices to change, we are seeing that they have not changed year over year. And sure, maybe there's something coming, but it's not coming, falling off a cliff. And then I feel like for sellers, the question becomes, You've been lucky enough, despite consumer confidence, which is fueled by headlines, that pricing still has gone up. But how much more risk waiting do you want to take on by holding for whatever it may be, understanding that there could be like a flatlining eventually this year or maybe pricing going down? Are you somewhat aligned with that? Yeah, selling today you could be selling 10% higher than you are in eight months from now. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 
Yeah. So really interesting. I I actually thought when we pulled those numbers that they were going to tell a completely different story. I thought they were going to tell a completely different story. And to see of those one, two, three, four, six neighborhoods, only one down. And my guess is because a lot of that neighborhood, like you mentioned, has a lot of condos and those were probably down as a result of what you discussed. I mean, basically everything's up. I mean, and Pal- a lot of these were up near 10% and the Palisades were up 17. I mean, it's just, so I think everyone has to really make sure that they're getting educated from, from the right sources. Um, that said, I think we should talk about being that at this time of year, we should move into New Year's resolutions. I'd really like to know like maybe your top three of them. And it can be work. It can be it can be personal. It can be about your golf game, which I hope because it needs help. I've seen it. You know what I decided is I am not going to fall into the trap of making these huge goals and aspirations for the new year. And mm-hmm. then for the first six days, I'm on fire. And then day nine comes and it's, you know, what happened? I My commitment this year has been small changes. Maybe it's fueled by Michelle Obama's book. Mm. If you didn't get it, I know you read it. Uh, I don't know what it's called, but it has to do with small changes. And mm-hmm. it's not bad. Not bad. Okay. Um, so no resolutions? Small changes. Those are my resolutions. To commit to something small every day. To, com- to commit to a handful of things. I want to meditate. Can I sit still okay. for more than uh, you know two minutes? So meditation. What are you, you clocking me here? You yeah, I'm tracking. The end of the year, my accountability it partner takes, over here. Uh-huh. I am meditation. Meditation. So instead of would I love to meditate for an hour? Yes. Do I commit to 10 minutes now every day? Yes. 10 minutes is doable. So small changes. I'm going to do that every day. You know what I also do now? What? This is interesting and scary. We'll, we'll be the judge of that. I commit two minutes to a handful of things because two minutes is doable. And you got to start there to... Looking at myself in the mirror, I stand in this. This is weird. Okay. I stand in front of the mirror and I talk to myself openly and honestly because I feel like I spend so much time hiding behind things, fears I don't want to face. Oh. So I talk to myself. Oh, it's like affirmations. It's sort of like affirmations, but it's just honestly. Give an example. I'm the mirror right now. Oh, Jesus Christ. Two minutes. We're on. Do I really look this bad? No. <laughs> Seriously. I will say to myself, what are you afraid of? What mm-hmm. am I afraid of this year? What am I excited about? Where are we going? What are we afraid that we haven't gotten there? Are you afraid that you can't do something? I try and te- I try it's and dark. you know, <laughs> you want to go dark. I try and talk to myself like I do my kids. I try and be a good dad to myself. My mm-hmm. therapist, I don't go to anymore. I should. It's me now. No, he actually disconnected his number. I don't know if it was personal. <laughs> <laughs> Changed his number. I swear to God, I tried to reach out again. But he said something very, very, uh, something that stuck mm-hmm. is be a good dad to yourself. So I think mm. that when I look in the mirror, I think like how, what would I tell my kids if they were fearful, if they were excited, if they were, um, if they had trepidation. So mm. I, I just, I like to, and be as totally honest and authentic with myself. That's a huge deal for me in the new year. Authenticity, being happy about who I am, excited mm. about who I am, and honest about who I am. 
Okay, so what I tracked from that was you're going to meditate. You're going to be a good dad to yourself. Mm -hmm. You're going to be your authentic self as much as possible because that's where you feel like you're in a flow state and you feel happy. Yeah, and that starts in the morning and that starts with a morning routine. And I'm not good at routine. That's because you go to bed too late. I'm a night person. What do you want from me? You're trying to change who I am? You want to have a good morning routine. You need a good night routine. I have a good night routine. Um, I know. as late as possible, baby. <laughs> All but right. I have been starting that, and I and I expect to con- to be able to continue it because I'm going to do it in small steps. So small my my question for you is is like why do the resolutions have to come like at the end of the year? Like why aren't we resolving like quarterly? Why aren't we doing it weekly? Why aren't we doing it daily? Why does it always have to come to the year? We're gonna we're gonna tabula rosa. We're gonna wipe it clean, and then now we're gonna make these promises to ourselves that are gonna lose momentum in February. Like why? What? Like I I just don't understand it, and and. I well, just I feel do like in, account- I do it in the fall also, the Jewish New Year. I take that too. Okay, and fair I enough. Do the oh, New yeah, Yom Kippur, a Chinese New Year too. Yeah, that makes Persian sense. New Year, I do New Year's resolutions. All cash. Be more honest. <laughs> so, the truth. I'm going to give you my New Year's resolutions. Well, I didn't ask it, I was still on mine. The, I thought you. Okay, that's fine. We can move on. I'm going to give you. I'm but, gonna, I, but I think to answer that question, yeah. why we don't do that, uh, because we need something monumental. We need something dramatic as humans to make change. Mm. Yeah, and a Tuesday <laughs> doesn't really do it. Yeah, <laughs> well said. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I think also like the the resolutions give people hope, hope that they can make the changes, hope that they can. But the truth is, like, without some sort of accountability cadence of some kind, without some sort of check in, whether it's up on your, I mean, for so long I put the things that I wanted to do up on my bathroom mirror. And that way, like I was reminded every morning and it, and it wasn't just the things I want to do. It also said like, I'm a Jedi, you know, I'm, it said all these things. So I, you know, it was part affirmation with the jacket and <laughs> part affirmations, part, um, just part inspiration because I needed that reminder every day, particularly when we have to slay dragons in a, in a career like the one that we've selected, which is, you know, if you really want leads, you can go work at a restaurant. But if you want to work in real estate, you have to go out and get them. Um, it's weird for me, like my res- my resolutions this year, because a lot of the things that I wanted to do this year, I did, but it, it drained a lot of me. I, I had like no energy at, at the end of the night because I was quadrupling the size of my team. And then we had to build out operations just so we could manage all the God minutes and, and speak with them and, and service them and onboard them. And then also I have my own clients. So I would do all that all day long and then take a break for dinner and then work until like a 30. And I did this for months and months and months. And, um, I think that my personal life suffered for it. Um, I think the challenges that I had like within my own relationship were compounded by the fact that my my just energy and enthusiasm was low so i think for me like i'm grateful for the fact that um i'm a little bit more focused on having a why that brings me happiness you know that like really that makes me just like a happier person on planet earth um and that the goals that I set at work are not just designed to dominate or to be a competitor and to be a winner, but to actually make me feel a certain way and also subsidize the things that make me feel the way I want to feel, you know, like, and I don't just mean like a trip to Europe. I mean, like actually building something personally, friends, I mean, with friends, with family. Um, Well, I think those are the emotional triggers that keep, if you can find those, they, they provide the sustainability needed to continue with your goals. Totally. Yeah. I mean, they're the fuel for the, for the fire every morning, particularly when you're like not feeling like it, you know, it's like 
when you're not feeling like going to the gym, it's the same thing. I mean, it's really hard to to be a salesperson and go out and hit conversation goals, hit appointment goals, and you just you need those. You need a why with like you're saying with those fe- feelings attached to them to help. You know, once it's Q two and you forget your resolutions because they're they're not up on the wall somewhere for you to see. They, they those things really help to drive you and 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 frankly to change your life to change your life so are you saying you are you saying your goals are timing related are why related are mm-hmm. finding the inner happiness mm-hmm. related yeah I, that for me yes i mean i make a, i make enough money i do well enough sure there's financial goals and milestones i still want to hit but i think at this point as i'm as I'm approaching 44 years old, I want to make sure that I'm building something with someone for someone and um, not just trying to be at the top of the vanity numbers in our place because there's always going to be someone better looking, someone richer, someone with a cooler car, someone with holes in their hoodie on a podcast episode too. Um, so so with that, yeah, like for me, the, that's how my my resolutions have changed. I mean, I definitely at work want to build, I want to have 20 agents by, by the end of the year. I think we can, we can probably do that sooner. Um, and also for me, just like for the agents that are listening, the work that it took to get the team, just regular operations to this year was crazy. And I feel like you got to be careful because your own production can suffer and you're always going to be, you're not always, but in the beginning, you're going to be the top producer and you can't forget that. And I did. And my, my production suffered for it. So, well, I think you're realizing now that, uh, your life force energy needs to shine brighter. You know, you're working Mm -hmm. hard on your daily goals, on Mm -hmm. your weekly, monthly, yearly goals, but you're losing sight of why you're here. Totally. And that's, you know, the Costa Ricans have a saying, pura vida. Mm. that's like that's pure life and that's finding Mm -hmm. your your inner joy and happiness and the reason for doing all this otherwise what you just want to get to number one then what then you're Mm going to stay at number one and then what Mm -hmm. yeah you're right and like who cares but like that's like your golf life that's like your golf career you work so hard on it to get to a place but then you're not enjoying the road i enjoyed the road did you i really did miserable playing with you (laughs) (laughs) jesus by the way that is one of my resolutions this year is a break 80 yeah, well, it's a good road, but I think like part of that is enjoying the process. Yeah, that's true. My tip for everyone <laughs> going into this year, if I had to give everyone just kind of like one piece of advice, it was a game changer for me, is to really take control of your calendar. Um, if it's not in your calendar, it's not going to happen. I can guarantee that. Um, there's something about the calendar reminder and also most importantly, by putting it in your calendar, you're making a promise that you're going to focus that time and that energy for that time frame for that thing. So that is my, I could give people lots of tips and I do that on social all the time, but I'm saying in this for, this is the one thing I think everyone should start with. So with that, uh, we are wishing all of you a fruitful, healthy, and prosperous 2023. We're going to keep giving you real estate analyses. We're going to have some great guests on this podcast. Um, you can find Zach at Zach Goldsmith 24 on Instagram. You can find me just by typing my name in pretty much anywhere at Ben Bellack. And um, thank you so much. This is To Live and Buy in Los Angeles. Super bien. <laughs> <laughs> That's my new phrase. <laughs>